make sure that you are both comfortable and that you have stability in the posture. The legs should be placed in such a way that you don't have to be concerned about how high they are. You don't have to be concerned about how you should keep them. Place the hands in such a way that you can let it go and it will remain in that position. Make sure your elbows are not too far nor too close to your body. Your shoulders are leveled. Your back is straight, but naturally straight. No straining, no discomfort. Center your head and neck, so you don't need to consciously keep them in place. Place them and let them go, and they remain exactly where you left them. Your eyes could be closed or opened or half opened. Choose the one that you find most conducive for you. Mouth, teeth and tongue are placed and left in the natural places. Bring your attention to your breath without any other intention except to be aware of the breath. Do not even have the intention to force your mind to focus, nor the intention to chase away distractions. With that one intention, follow the breath to the best of your ability. As you follow the breath, check your posture. Make adjustments if you need to make adjustments so you can be both comfortable and stable in your posture.
After making sure that your posture is comfortable and stable, after making all the adjustments you feel necessary, now keep your attention on just the breath. And try to keep your awareness on the breath in an unbroken continuous stream of awareness. And if this continuity of awareness is broken, just start from the beginning again. Trying to get to 21 cycles of breath. Recall your motivation, correct it. Make it the highest motivation that you can come up with. Thinking both of an ultimate goal and an intermediate goal that will help you get closer to your ultimate goal. Bring forth a great determination for that goal. Make your motivation as fierce as you can.
keeping the determination stronger. Now bring your attention to the point between your eyebrows. At that level, about an arm's band distance away. Invoked in that space, the very means to achieve your ultimate goal and the temporary goal. The very embodiment of their goal itself. Appearing in a form made entirely of light. Shining like a thousand suns. Entrust yourself fully, taking refuge, seeking protection against what you've already experienced, the seeds of what you may experience in the future, especially from whatever obstacles will prevent you in this very meditation from achieving your goal. Whatever measure of faith you have, or conviction you have, whatever it is, the fraction of a particle of dust, that you are indeed in the very presence of the means to end all your problems, the means to gain all that you aspire to. Still holding on to that measure of conviction. Filled with reverence. Prostrate. Finally, the means to end all your troubles forever. Finally, the means to bring you 
into direct contact with what you aspire to. is right in front of you. Show gratitude. Make offerings. Purify your mind. Honestly admit your faults and whatever action you may have committed under their influence. Entrust yourself fully the ultimate objects of refuge so you may have protection from experiencing the seeds you have planted through acting under your weaknesses and to protect you in the future from acting in such ways to give you the strength to restraint. As far as your abilities are concerned, make a definite promise of restraint. And sincerely think of an action that you can use as a counteraction, a remedy, a makeup activity. something that has some level of difficulty for you to do.
Think of all those who are free from the very problems that you're struggling with and rejoice in their accomplishments. And rejoice in whatever measure of accomplishments you've achieved. From merely thinking for a moment in the right way to actually having suppressed or completely abandoned a bad thought. Rejoice. Turn your mind to that form appearing at the level of your eyebrows shining like a thousand suns. And implore the teacher please teach the means to end suffering forever. means to truly become happy. Beg the teacher to stay. To never leave until the ultimate goal is achieved.
Turn your mind to the meditation that you're about to do and direct the positive potential you've just gained through these preliminaries to help you succeed in your meditation. Think of the realization that you aspired. And beg the teacher to come to the crown of your head. And feel and see that tremendous brightness above your head. Feel the shower of blessing coming from it in forms of light. As you strongly wish to be free of whatever obstacles you've encountered. Strongly wish to be free of the weaknesses which are binding you to suffering. You find yourself incapable of freeing yourself from And make your aspirations stronger, stronger.
Bring your attention back to your breath. And slowly keeping your attention on the breath, become aware of your body once more. Hello everyone, I have a surprise, I'm not going to be talking too much. I'm just going to go straight into the meditation. Uh, I'll describe it first. And it's a way of doing Mahamudra. Okay? And the Mahamudra meditation is, as you probably may have known, may have heard about, it's a way of meditating on the nature of the mind. Okay? And to meditate on the nature of the mind, the nat- finding the nature of the mind in Mahamudra there are two natures. One is a conventional nature. We're not really, it's not something that we come into contact with, you know, consciously, often. The conventional nature of the mind. And also, there's the ultimate nature of the mind. So, Mahamudra has those two things. You will gain a meditative stability on the conventional nature of the mind, and using that as a foundation, you use it to achieve direct perception of the ultimate nature of the mind. And Mahamudra uses a lot of very poetic language because it's not really, it's so unconventional. You're not trying to stop anything, you're not trying to enhance anything. That's how the meditation goes. And it could be very confusing because it seems like you're asked to don't meditate and that's the perfect meditation. Okay. What they are leading to, what they are trying to point to is when you're meditating on the nature of the mind, the main mental activity that's going on is actually the activity of amazement. Yeah. Just watching the mind and just being amazed. Wow, I am aware. And just maintain that level of, what would you call that? Wowness. Okay? Just hold on to that. And while you're holding on to that, you're not trying to enhance any good qualities of the mind. You're not trying to purge your mind of any bad qualities. Okay? You are, those intentions or those activities you're not concerned with. Okay? You can say it's remaining in a state of complete non-judgmental. Okay? You're not judging, this is a good state of mind, let me enhance it. This is a bad state of mind, let me get rid of it. You're not engaged in any of those activities. The only activity that you're really focusing on, that you're trying to hold on to, is that wowness. Wow. I am aware. And then those things that comes up in the field of your awareness, you're amazed that you're aware of them. Not that, that you're amazed... Wow, I'm lazy. Wow, <laughs> I get angry. No, it's just you're amazed at that the fact that you're aware. Okay? And you're not passing judgment on those things that you're aware of. And just staying in that state of, wow, wow, I'm aware. Wow, I'm aware. In that space itself, then the nature of the mind itself will sort of dawn, will dawn on you in that awareness. 
and finding that nature of the mind, the conventional nature of the mind in that space is finding the object of Mahamudra. Even though it's not really an object per se, that's why they say there's no need, there's no meditation. Because you're not really trying to create something. When you're meditating on love, you're trying to create the emotion, you're trying to stir it up. When you're trying to perceive uh, ultimate reality, you're analyzing, you're reasoning. So in Mahamudra meditation, in the first phase of it, you're not trying to create the mind. Okay? The mind is already there. So all you have to do is just watch. And the way to maintain that level of awareness, or that level of being able to perceive the mind, is just holding on to that wowness. Wow, I am aware. Wow, I am aware. If you want to just repeat those words to yourself, repeat those words to yourself. And if the concept, if you are able to hold on to just pure, the pre-verbal concept, then hold on to the pre-verbal concept. And just watch. Okay? And then, maybe sooner or later, you will find yourself sort of like, all of a sudden, like, find yourself into spaciousness. And finding that level of awareness, that consciousness, that's what they call making your mind like space. Okay? And when you're in there, you can even feel it almost like, almost very contradictory terms. Almost like a very contradictory experience. You're experiencing almost the merging of the microcosm, merging of the microcosm with the macrocosm. Microcosm. Okay, it's like, I think there's a term for it, it's like the meeting of the paradox. Meaning of <laughs> paradox. Okay, alright. <laughs> I'm going to try again. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, any Star Trek fans here? It's like <laughs> being in a space where the past and the present meet and they're not cancelling each other. And they're not annihilating each other. Okay? It's like the tiniest event is perfectly at ease with the most humongous. I know that's not proper English, but <laughs> the most humongous event in the same space. And where is that? The mind. Okay? And sometimes you, you may feel like a sucking into or an expansion. Okay? Right. So that's meeting the conventional nature of the mind. And if you can remain in that, absorbed in that, which cannot be really given a name other than the conventional nature of the mind, then you can use it as a foundation. Okay. You can call that your meditative state. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to say something. <laughs> about discouragement. Just a little something I thought about because of something that happened yesterday. We were staying at Godstow, Connecticut, and we did a ceremony the night before, and then we just chose the date because, you know, it seemed to be the date that was everybody would, would at least the most people would show up. This person could show up on that day, that person could show up on that day, so well, let's just pick this day. And it happened to be an auspicious day, without even trying to make it an uh, trying to fit, fit an auspicious day. And after we did the ceremony, guess what? arrived the following day without any warning. You know, you heard about the relics, relics tour? So the relics of the Buddhas, of the Buddha and a lot of uh, the masters, accomplished masters from Tibet and all over the world, there's uh, the Maitreya project where they're collecting the relics of all these 
and they're going to place them in the heart of the statue that's going to plan to be built in, in Bodh Gaya, I think. Okay. So the relics, without any, <laughs> without any warning, I mean, somebody brought them out. They didn't just show up. It wasn't that like that. <laughs> there they are. So it was the relic of Buddha Shakyamuni. And, and I got to think about Buddha Shakyamuni. He's about his unbelievable kindness for us. Okay? And if you're feeling discouraged, and if you have any ounce of faith, I don't care if it's you know, a fraction of a fraction of the size of a speck of a of, of the, the butt of a of a of a of a particle of dust. Okay? I don't care if it's that small. And you accept that there was a Buddha who appeared on this planet. You may not know exactly what that means, but you can play around with that word and it's something that you can, you know, venerate in some way. And it says that on this planet it will go through its various ages, you know, golden age and then medieval age and then golden age, medieval age and stone age and it will go through those cycles over and over again. Not just in a sense of uh, Rome will rise and then be, you know, golden age and then falls, but the entire planet as a whole, okay? Where you will hear about civilization, great civilization doing great things and you will hear that there's no such thing on the planet and, and it will go on in cycles. And while the earth is going through all these cycles, at various golden ages or going towards golden ages, Buddhas will appear. And when the Buddhas appear, they don't, do not choose a time when the Dharma is not going to be appreciated. They don't go wasting the Dharma in ages where it cannot be appreciated. And what is the Dharma? It is that which finally will release you from suffering forever. Those very pain that you're experiencing that you can't seem to get rid of in your mind, in your environment, in your relationships that you can't seem to be free of. The means to finally end it. That's what the Dharma is. And not only is the means to end pain and suffering but also the means to finally be happy where you reach a point where you no longer have to struggle to try to be happy. And we're not talking about a happiness that to grab it, as cling to it as tight as you can because it might go away any moment. You don't have to be worrying about that. And those, those two states are even almost already beyond our comprehension. Can you think of a state where you no longer suffer? Can you even imagine a state where you're really, really happy? That's what the Dharma is. It's the real means to get that. And when the earth goes through its cycles, that will be revealed, and then when it goes to, on its downward cycle, that will be gone. It will be gone for many, many, many thousands of years. Now, when the Buddhas choose to appear in an age, they choose an age where the beings there will appreciate this. They will appreciate so much that they're willing to give up their lives for it. And when it is brought to that place, at least it must last a million years. 
that's an age that is worthy of the Dharma. Now, to go back to Shakyamuni Buddha, he has faith in you that he even disregarded this thing about that age must be going up for the Dhamma to be presented there. Not that Buddhas lack compassion, they don't appear at any age, but this event of making the Dhamma public in a world is a very rare, rare event. The Dhamma will last only 5,000 years in our age. And that's considered to be completely, almost like saying, uh, throwing a Dhamma away. Showing, almost showing disrespect to the Dhamma. To reveal it at a time where it can only last for 5,000 years. When only a handful of people will be able to appreciate it. So Buddha Shakyamuni had faith in us, has faith in us, has such compassion for us that he disregarded that and taught the Dharma in our time. When all the other Buddhas, not that they don't have compassion, but out of, for them, out of respect for the Dharma, this is not a time to reveal it. But the Buddha, out of compassion for us, revealed it. So if you're feeling discouraged, trying to meditate for 10 years, you're not getting to anywhere. So just remember, this great being, whose compassion that you cannot even try to imagine, had faith in you. And for your sake, he revealed the Dharma at a time when it's not supposed to be revealed. All right, that's a little word. <laughs> ah, so um, meditation. <laughs> so let your body be in such a state that it will not bother your meditation. Let it be comfortable and stable, and let it go. So check the legs to make sure that they will comply. The position of the hands, the elbows, shoulders, the back. Head and neck. Eyes, mouth, teeth and tongue. Follow the breath for about five cycles. When you finish, go back to the teacher above your head.
and make your aspirations strong. You can think of specific weaknesses that you wish to be free of and strongly wish to be free of them. And the qualities that you find yourself truly lacking, you wish to have, truly aspire strongly for it. And we feel the blessings of the teacher. And afterwards, dissolve the teacher into a point of light. Absorb the teacher and mix the teacher well with your mind at your heart. And from that point, do the Mahamudra. Holding on to the wowness, I am aware.
to all those who suffer. Strongly wish that the suffering would come to an end. Strongly wish that all those who lack happiness finally meet with ultimate happiness. Bring your attention back to your breath. Dedicate the power of your meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal. Keeping your awareness on the breath, slowly become aware of your body. Thank you. Good night.